Hello and welcome to YearFest, the podcast that's all about festivals. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Sharples, and I'm joined as ever and always by my mustachioed co-host, Tommy Stewart. Tommy, how are you doing today? I'm good, but thank you very much. How are you? That's great. Slash, I'm so sorry to hear that. For anybody that hasn't listened to the podcast before, do you want to quickly tell them what the show is all about? Yep. Uh, I don't know how long I can keep up my robot voice for. Uh, your voice sounds a bit different today, Johnny. Uh, but anyway, yeah, each week we invite a guest on to talk about their dream festival lineup, three headliners, uh, at any time or place, dead or alive. And they also have to pick a name and a location for their festival. Don't forget we have a guest. Brackets to include if Tommy forgets we have a guest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, my throat was just a bit funny there, Tommy. Our guest this week is the comedian Lauren Patterson, who you may have heard on things like the Horn Section podcast or Richard Herring's Rahalistapa podcast or as the host of the Conversations Against Living Miserably podcast, which is the, the uh, podcast which um, the wonderful charity Calm and the TV channel Dave do. And um, very much looking forward to, to this one after her appearances on those other podcasts as well. Yeah, um... Yeah, no, she's uh, great. Um, we had a we we have a guest join us as well, don't we? A, a surprise guest at the at the start of the podcast. Yeah, like all good festivals, we have a surprise guest joining us, um, which which everyone will have to listen out for. It's not the sort of person who should be going to festivals anyway. But yes, let's go for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to YourFest and the YourFest planning committee to Lauren Patterson. Hello, Lauren. Hello. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm very unexpected. That was very polite that um, I'm being asked. I'm very well, thank you. We won't ask Tommy how he is. Has no one ever asked us how we are before? Um, I don't want to cast aspersions on any of the previous guests and their levels of <laughs> politeness that we've had, but I think that might be the first time someone's turned a question around back on us just about how we are. See, um, we have this on our mental health podcast. Our first question is like, obviously normally like, how are you doing sort of thing? And then one week someone asked us and we were like, what? <laughs> no, <laughs> this isn't how it goes. Flipping <laughs> the, the whole format around and start, you know, they'll start asking all the subsequent questions, lean over the desk and steal your script. I know. I've like, lost control. <laughs> We've um, we talked before this just to give a little glimpse behind the curtain of how this podcast works, um, but this isn't the first time that you'll have come up with your dream fantasy festival headliners. No, uh, you were telling us that it's an icebreaker that you've used on Bumble. It was on Bumble, like because because you can't meet anyone at the minute. Talking has taken up a lot of time. And I sort of ran out of all the standard like. Where did you go to school? Like, what did you do at uni? So now I'm getting really deep into the just obscure icebreaker questions. So I was like, oh, what's your dream festival lineup? And so he like spent ages coming up with his like, um, sorry for hairdressers, noisy over there. Clarification <laughs> 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 for the listener, my five-year-old's niece just wanted to join in. So she's playing hairdressers next to me. If you can suddenly hear the sound of a salon opening up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, asking for his like dream festival lineup. And he went away for ages and he came back with like ten artists and bands he'd want to see. 
Um, but then it didn't last me. Rude. Oh. Uh, and so I, had, it, I had my 10 like prepared, ready to show them. And then we just talked about his fans. And I was like, no. <laughs> that's such that's such a guy move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say that as one, but yeah. Oh god, that's what's wrong with him? Come on. I know, but I was more embarrassed that I had my ten prepared, ready to just be like, here's my <laughs> I was like, oh, 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 oh. and then you don't want to be the one to be like, well, here's mine that I've thought of. Did like, oh, she only ask me so that she could whip out her dream festival lineup? And I was like, no, but it's nice to be out. Asked, isn't it? <laughs> this is your this is your opportunity for redemption. Then you can finally you can it's, it's your platform. Yeah, send him a link to the episode, and then he can <laughs> finally find out what it's about. He might, I imagine you. This is what you missed out on, mate. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Unmatched him. That's the thing. Tommy, what's your what's your icebreaker for when you're on dating apps? Oh God, I wish you'd give me more warning about this. But um, <laughs> you know what? Weirdly enough. About ten minutes before this, I deleted Hinge because it just kind of got boring. That was the that's the only one I'm on at the moment. Um, well, uh -huh. was on, but you still get notifications, don't you? When you even if you delete the app, and it said it tries to pull you back in, and it works. I've downloaded it again. It said Amy has just liked you, and now I'm like, well, I, I want to see who Amy is. Yeah. Shout, um, shout out to Amy. <laughs> shout out to Amy. Yeah, <laughs> my future wife, maybe. Let's see. I've not even seen if her she, yet. I don't know what if she listens like. to this, you probably put her off with that line. I'll be quite honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm editing that out. But uh, no, mine. I can't think of any specifically. I know I've definitely done. Um, I don't think I've, any, I've done anything cheesy. I, I actually think the one that Lauren did there is quite good. I've done one where I I did. I basically spoke, and, and this won't surprise. Uh, Johnny or any anyone who kind of follows me on any social media, but I did one where I basically did a whole conversation as David Brent, like just using <laughs> just using office quotes. And uh, <laughs> what? That's, that's now. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we never met. That's I wouldn't call it an icebreaker. It's, that was just I don't know. I was just having a bit of fun, and I hoped that she might. I hope that she might get it. But, uh. Yeah. See, I was talking about this yesterday with someone. I was like, I think because I do comedy, I think I've got quite an alpha approach to flirting because I want to make people laugh. Whereas I think there's boys aren't used to being flirted with in that way by girls. Not to make sweeping sexist generalizations, but I think no, I know what you mean. The boy when it comes to flirting, and I think it, I think it intimidates people. I think that's why I'm going wrong. <laughs> I've never, no, I've never used. I've never used a dating app, so I'm really? quite lucky in that regard. I know the first conversation that my, me and my girlfriend have been together for five and a half years, and the first conversation that we ever had was um, about our recently deceased relatives. So, <laughs> although it has a 100% success rate in my experience, I wouldn't, uh, <laughs> wouldn't would not advise anybody to follow that approach uh, going forward. I think a dream festival lineup is much. I think in the pantheon of icebreakers, it probably goes dream festival lineup at one. Recently mm -hmm. deceased relatives at two and David yeah. Brent quotes at the bottom at number three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a try, on a, on a yeah, proved trial and error basis. Have you, uh, Lauren, have you, um, I mean, uh, this is, we've gone down such a different tangent to what this podcast is about, <laughs> but it, it is a re it's a really good topic of conversation. Yeah, yeah, have you, um, now, is that what I'm doing? Am I going to give you dating app lines? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I don't need them. The David Brent thing was a one-off. Come on. Um, but no, have, have you done any um, FaceTime dates on the, like from people you met on dating apps? I haven't, but I went on a socially distanced one and that's, 
odd because you just walk in two meters behind a boy hoping that maybe you'll fall in the <laughs> which <laughs> when was that when did you do it I'm like, you look me in the eyes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's, it's nice it's nice just because it feels very like 19 sort of 20s or whatever like oh we can like hang out with each other but we can't touch each other we've just got to talk about the weather and our feelings <laughs> <laughs> did you have a chaperone i know that's the thing i'm like well if you do go near each other someone will take a photo and be like look at me he's not socially distanced then and i'm like i don't want to <laughs> be hate tweeted no can you remember what the can you remember what the 10 bands the match picked was and we can rip them apart because he never asked you he did it, they were quite good though that's the thing it was a good lineup um oh, but i did pick because out of the 10 acts every single one of them was a man or a male artist or he didn't pick a single female artist and i called him a big old sexist thinking i was being funny you know like oh he won't take it seriously and then i think he genuinely got a bit offended he's like oh god like i hadn't even realized i've not picked a woman and i was like no no don't pick one for the sake of it i was like i just find it very interesting that you know you got no got no girls on it but i suppose that's pretty reflective of an actual festival lineup <laughs> <laughs> well the thing is what, what i think about that as well is that's that's pretty poor from him because if he's on a dating app and he's trying to impress people exactly um, a little like, like, appeal to him yeah 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 exactly <laughs> even if even if it's just performative and it's just like at least you know exactly like if i was a boy what well, i absolutely if i if a girl had asked me that i would have at least said beyonce like <laughs> there's, a, there's a nine out of ten chance the girl you're talking to is gonna if not like beyonce respect beyonce like just yes. when in doubt Bring out Beyonce. Beyonce. <laughs> you should have, I've you always should have, said that. <laughs> you should have just replied with a screenshot of his lineup and then do the thing that they do with festival posters where you just black oh, out anyone that wasn't have... wasn't a woman. And then yeah. that would have just even more passive aggressive response than just accusing him straight <laughs> out. Thing is, Johnny, that is what that is automatically where you go to as like a meme, as a meme lord. That is like the first place you go to, isn't it? what passive aggression pretty much yeah well no just how can i make a meme of any situation <laughs> i don't i don't know what you mean <laughs> <laughs> so anyway do you go to a lot of festivals yourself i went to a music festival every single year from being 17 until this year i'm 26 now this is the first summer that i won't have gone to any music festival any festival apart from the one you picked today yeah, exactly. You've got, you've got to at least show up to your own festival. I think it's I a know. bit. How diva of me would that be to just be like, I'm just not even going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that, but the guy off the guy off Bumble might show up. I not know. if there's a woman playing there. I was going to say, not if there's a woman on, you'd be like, ew, no. Cool. <laughs> uh, so, which, which ones have you been to? And um, are you a fan? Of, I assume if you've been every year, you're a fan of music festivals. Love music festivals. I was very much. Um, like the kind of, I felt like you, ugh, feel like you fell into two camps at school. You're either the one who wanted to go on like the boys or girls holiday in Magaluf or Malia. We were the one who wanted to spend your summer at music festivals, getting drunk in the fields, didn't really care what you looked like. My first one was Tea in the Park in Scotland. Um, nice. And I went there, I went there until the second last year it ran. Because the second last year it ran, they moved it to a new place in Scotland. And it was just everything that could have went wrong went wrong like they hadn't planned it properly there was like bottlenecks it wasn't signposted properly it was really awful so the following year we were like nah not going back and then that year turned out to be the last 
done latitude i like latitude it's very middle nice. class but it's kind of fun to pretend for weekends <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah gone no still there um live tory vote labor <laughs> exactly like i remember i think there was one year i'd done tea in the park and then the following weekend i was performing at latitude and i'd never been before um and i remember like even just getting to the festival site and i was like this is very different this is this is a lot nicer than tea in the park <laughs> we've had a new latitude was a middle class festival i've done latitude four times now yeah four times and i have never seen somebody piss outside Wow. Whereas at Tea in the Park, it was just like a wall of Scottish people with their bits out, male and female, <laughs> and everything else on the spectrum, just all, yeah. all we in in unison. <laughs> I've been to a lot of I've been to a lot of Oasis and Liam Gallagher gigs in in Manchester, and yeah, it's it that sounds like a similar sort of vibe. It, yeah. Just no, no, and you know what? Because it's so on um, mass. The security, they can't be fuck all about it, can they? Exactly. I think there was one year at Tea in the Park where I was in, you know, how like festivals have like a separate front pit. So if you want to actually be at the front, it's a separate bit of the crowd. And we got in there because we wanted to see Coldplay. And um, so we went to the front pit for, like the whole day, ended up seeing Slash from Guns N' Roses. Um, like probably at 17 years old wouldn't have planned on seeing Slash but very pleased I did and um, who else did we see? Kesha remember her? She was there Yeah Beyonce I saw Beyonce um, wow. and I uh, obviously it was full of like a lot of like I think a lot of girls had wanted to be in the front pit to see Beyonce but I was there for Coldplay I was there for the long haul and this girl just before Beyonce just squatted in front of us and just started to piss oh. and when you looked I thought she'd fallen down because she just hit the deck so I looked down and I was like no you're just weighing on my foot <laughs> but you know, I got all my leaves on and then you you like try, try and help her up and she's just pissing yeah. all over you <laughs> <laughs> What can I ask? What what year was that with Beyonce? Because like that's that's massive to say. So yeah, she was pregnant. She announced she was pregnant at Glastonbury like a month later, and um, so she would have been pregnant when I pregnant pregnant when I saw her. Um, it would have been two thousand and eleven, I want to say, because I think it was the first year I went to see in the park. Two thousand eleven. Yeah, she was second wow. headliner. Whole play. That's, that's a strong mad. lineup yeah. as well. Yeah, it was really good. She was brilliant. To be fair, I wasn't a Beyonce fan until that day, and I was like, she can put on a show. She really can put on a show. But I was that yeah. like, girl when I was 17. I was the girl who didn't want to like pop music. I was like, no, like, couldn't, don't like One Direction, don't like any of that kind of stuff. I was into like my Arctic Monkeys and everything like that. I wanted to like all the sort of indie stuff. Now I'm 26 and I've gone backwards. I'm like, I love Little Mix. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The older the older you get, I find the more you um, the more you appreciate pop music. Like oh, I've exactly. I've I've, I'm, I've done I've gone exactly the same way. I don't know about you, Johnny, but oh, like, yeah. I, I was I was brought up with like Ab, Ab, Abba and stuff like that. Yeah. The, the only one I, I always like when I was around that age, like eighteen, nineteen, unashamedly was Girls Aloud because they oh, have so many bangers. One, two, three. 
Girls, Girls Aloud are one of the pop bands that I really like. Them and Sugar, Sugar Babes I really like as well. And yes. um, I got really into Raksu. Do you remember Raksu that were oh, on like, um, they were on X, they won X Factor. They were the first like band on X Factor to write all their own songs and stuff. And I got big into, they released an EP with all the songs that they did on X Factor. And I was got so into it. Um, and then <laughs> would switch it off and then go back to listening to like Rancid. <laughs> Slipknot. Slipknot, and then that would pop up on my uh, one of my playlists, and then you know back to the heavy stuff. But yeah, there's I think there is loads of good pop music. I think pop music people are more appreciative of it now, and I think it's sort of Absolutely. people have more matured in terms of Mu- the musicians as well. Uh, the artists music's as less, well. yeah, music's less. I think music's less tribal now. Like I think <laughs> we we maybe well, you're 26, Lauren. I'm 30. How old are you, Johnny? too old <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think when we came up we we may be like the last generation of you know indie kids emo kids like there definitely is that to, to an extent but i feel like kids these days i think it's a good thing like everyone just kind of unashamedly likes everything yeah. like like k-pop for instance i don't know anything about that but i, I hear like I hear some of the amazing things they're doing, like K-pop fans um, ruining ruining Trump, (laughs) ruining Trump gigs. You're turning into the embodiment of that Steve Buscemi meme. (laughs) How do you do, fellow kids? How do you do, fellow kids? What? Uh, Fuck off. Seeing the the park to me has a similar vibe to like Reading and Leeds Festival. Yeah. It's quite a similar, or I was going to say similar lineups, but if you've got Beyonce and Coldplay, I don't think they'd be well received at Reading and Leeds. But it seems that sort of similar vibe of young, younger people at festivals. Is that how you found it? On that side? Yeah, it was very much like, I would say you're like, I think for Scottish kids, not that I'm Scottish, but I can imagine that's the equivalent of like people in like the northwest who their first festival might be Leeds I think if you're Scottish it was probably tea in the park and obviously Newcastle I wasn't that far from Scotland um but very it's got that kind of like mainly young people there and then clearly the like the old wreckers who went when they were younger and they're now 40 not that 40s old sorry (laughs) 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 you know what I mean like mums and dads who clearly went when they were younger and that's the one weekend of their year where they just like they've got their bucket hat on and they've got their kind of tenants and I'm like go on Mary let your tits out <laughs> <laughs> while she's pissing on the floor in front of her <laughs> Mary has got great tits <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt <laughs> on a t-shirt that's the first bit of your fest merchandise sorted there absolutely that's going on my merch stall <laughs> then you know like oh the year I started going to the festivals was the year it was like uh, Steve, 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 you know that chant? Oh, fucking like hell. Steve um, until someone shouted Alan or something. Alan. That's going to be my festival chant. It's going to be just Mary. Yeah. Bring yeah. it back. Bring <laughs> it back. The big thing Wait, what's Mary and Tits would it be? Would that be the yeah. <laughs> Keep shouting. Mary. Yeah. <laughs> the, big, <laughs> the big thing when I went to Leeds was that um, there was always that rumour that someone had fallen into the toilet pits. Yeah. And then I think about 2009 or 10, it actually happened at Leeds Festival. Yeah, Poo Girl. Yeah. Um, she, I wonder what uh, she's up to. I wonder, I, I don't imagine Where that's the, the Poo Girl. Yeah, we'll, do a spe- we'll hunt her down and do a special episode with Poo Girl. <laughs> I can't imagine it's on a LinkedIn, so I don't know how well, how well come across it. 
Poogil is Poogil might be Mary. Maybe it's the same person. Yeah. <laughs> what a, what a legacy to have <laughs> for the girl that fell in the. She was reaching. She was reaching in to get a phone, I think, which Drop was. Yeah. Just accept it's gone. I was going to say, if I dropped my phone in a festival, I remember it was the year tea in the pot moved to the new safe. And that was one of the things as well. Like, obviously, festival toilets are grotty, but the toilets that year just went like up a level of grottiness. Like, it was night one and the toilets were already overflowing. Like, there was no clean. And I remember going into a cubicle, like a little portaloo, and someone had put a carrier bag on top of the full toilet and then just curled one out in the carrier bag. Oh, like, oh, that's possibly the worst thing I've ever seen. My niece was oh. horrified. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, see, this is what, I'm, I'm not a fan of festivals, and that, this, is one of, this is one of the myriad of reasons that um, puts me off. I'd much rather yeah. Stay at home and watch it on TV and use my own bathroom and proper shower. I'm yeah. still laughing at your poor niece. <laughs> <laughs> the look she gave me it was proper. She was packing up the salon. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um oh Lauren, what was your what were you gonna go to um this year? What's your plan festival wise? Because I'm I'm the same as you. I've been I think since I was sixteen, so I've been to at least one festival for 14 years and yeah. yeah it's weird this summer isn't it I think I probably would have done Latitude again whether I was like booked to perform it because that's the thing last year I've been lucky enough to be booked on the comedy stages so I get to like perform, I get to, like work and go to the festival which is pretty cool so I was hoping to get back in there but I went to one in Finland last year and I can't remember what it was called and I would probably butcher the language if I tried I only, well, not the only reason I went, they said they wanted to book it, and I was like, Finland's far away. Um, but then the chain smokers were on, and I really like chain smokers. So I yes. could go just so I could see the chain smokers. So I nice. quite wanted this year to do another like international festival. What festival in Finland, the first overseas one you've been to? Or have you been to? I think that was the first overseas music one. I'd love to do, um, uh, what's it called? The one that's in like Croatia or something. Outlook? Maybe because there's a few um, that um, like more of like uh, a dance music festival. Outlook is definitely a dance one, but there's also I, I, I feel like I know the one you're talking about. Um, what they gone out my head, and I wanted to do um, Benny Casim one year as well. I'd love to do that. Oh, I've done Benny Casim three good. times, three times, I think. I've done that's my kind of yeah, it's Benny Casim three times, and um. I've done Primavera four times, I think, nice. in Barcelona. Yeah, Benicca seems great because it's literally like a small town. Um, yeah. It's a small town, which I, I feel like the rest of the year, nothing's going on. Yeah. And then that weekend, it's just pretty much full of <laughs> full of Brits. It's, yeah. it's a nice atmosphere. But, you know, every restaurant, every pub in the day is packed. The beach is absolutely packed. Yeah. But the good thing about it, what, what I like about it is the festival, the music doesn't start till about 6 p.m. Yeah, you get the daytime. Yeah. Yeah, so you chill in the day. You go to the beach in the day. The beach is about one mile or less from the campsite. Go to the beach in the day and then head back to the campsite and, like, pre-drink or whatever about 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then head to the festival for like seven or eight, and then it's going on to about five in the morning. Nice, it's great. Yeah, I that. Like, I feel like when festivals have stuff on in the day, but you can tell they've just like not put as much thought into the daytime programming. And so, like, there might be like one thing you want to see at like 
so they'll be assume someone like weirdly good on at lunchtime to get you like up and then there'll be doing nothing until four. So you just spend four hours being like, do I want to go on a waltzer? Not really. <laughs> I guess I will. <laughs> yeah, true, true. I see Tina Park's famous poo in a bag. You can spend four yeah. hours looking at that. <laughs> <laughs> also, you said poo in a bag and my niece has just walked out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So, Lauren, with your festival, um, we need a name and we need a location. Are we sticking in the UK, like with Tea in the Park? Or are we going overseas, like the Finnish like festival? There's a little kind of festival that happens up here near the beach in Tynemouth. I can't remember what it's called. I remember Sam Fender played it last year and I really wanted to go. But it's very, very small. It might just be on, like, one night or two nights. And I don't think there's any camping. But I think, like, somewhere on the coast up here would be so lovely. A bit like... A, like a British Ben you can see them where like yeah you're not on a Spanish beach you're on a one in nice. the north of England but I think our coast is dead beautiful up here and I'd love a festival where you get to go on the go plodging during the day at the beach and then things don't start to like after tea time have your scran and then the stuff starts <laughs> that's great I love that I plan my festivals around food as well to be honest so much like that's when fine. I was younger when I first started going I would take like a cereal bar and be like that'll do it for four days but <laughs> that's what I noticed when I went to Latitude is like the food fans are amazing with it being quite like a middle like I always thought I was super super working class until I went to Latitude and I was like I like their food like, <laughs> 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 they have some things that I want um and they laughed I think I went with my friend one year and we literally we'd wake up in the morning and we'd be like right we're gonna go to this store for breakfast and then as soon as we finished breakfast we'd be like so what should we do for lunch and then we'd sort out what we're going to have for like dinner. And then we'd get at like four o'clock and we'd be like, is it too early for tea? Should we have tea? Like, we ate so well at that. We were like looking at the music lineup and being like, well, you know, I would really like to see Fat Boy Slim, but I also want a pizza. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like my festival needs to start after I've got my eating out of the way. Also, what, what sort of, um, this has become more of a uh, reoccurring theme is, uh, the temperature, like, are we talking, are we talking Benicassim sort of weather, you know, so, like, like it is? It's got to be warm, but not a heat wave. So, like, hot enough that you can get a tan, but not hot enough that you're, like, because there's no worse than when it's a heat wave at a festival, because you wake up in, with the sun, so you wake up at, like, six o'clock in the morning, and you're, like, frantically trying to unzip your tent, like, what, when did I fall asleep in an oven? When has this happened? Wait, you already feel dirty because you've been at a festival, but then you wake up and you're just like, I'm covered in my sweat, I'm covered in the sweat of the person who's sleeping next to us. Like, there's condensation in the tent, how's that happened? I think, yeah, like, warm, but not, not heat wave. Like, I shouldn't have to wear wellies. Like, good, I should good, wear Converse and them not get ruined, like, just get dusty. That's the... The footwear rule. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're getting super niche on this podcast now, asking what footwear people will be wearing at the festival. I think it started, yeah. started off with three headliners, then we added days, and then now we're on to footwear. That is so <laughs> important, though, because it takes up space in your bag, and then that means less space for booze because I don't drive, so I always have to get festivals on like trains and stuff. Uh, so obviously when you've got a car, you can just chuck any old shit in, but I can swear yeah. I'm mean, in the room. How exciting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, shit, fuck. I know. I'm like, get it out of my system now before she comes back with a poo in a bag. But... 
You were but talking then, about it so much, I thought I might as well get you on. I know. I'd have to say the bathroom door go. I wonder if that's where she went. Like, <laughs> I like wellies take up so much, and you never want to travel in your wellies. No one wants to be that knobhead who's like walking through Edinburgh city centre in their wellies or getting on a train. Um, yeah, no wellies, no wellies at the festival. Some, sometimes you have to do that though, don't you? Just to save room, as you said. Exactly. There was a year I was coming back from tea in the park and it had proper like torrentially pissed down the hall to the point where it almost ruins it. It was just, everything was soaked inside the tent. In my bag, everything was soaked. I went to like the welfare tent to try and get waterproof and they were like, so many people want water, you know, just a little plastic, like literally a carrier bag with tea in the park that they put over you. And they were like, they're now rationed because we've got so few left because the weather's that bad. Everything in my was like, I had no dry clothes. I thought I was going to get hypothermia. So I think it was Swedish House Mafia on the last night. And it was originally meant to be their last UK performance. And then they added that one in Milton Keynes. And I was like, fuck off, what are you doing? <laughs> um, so what, like the people who I were with were like, we want to leave. We want to leave right now. Skip the headline out. Let's just go, like book ourselves on a coach and leave. And I was like, I really want to see Swedish House Mafia. So we stayed. But um, ended up getting like no sleep and decided to get the first coach at like six in the morning back into Edinburgh. Uh, I think our train was like say lunchtime or something. So I just sat in Edinburgh train station, but then somehow must have like nodded off or last track of time because we looked at the clock and we were like, oh my God, the train leaves in five minutes. So I'm running down the platform. And I could hear someone screaming after us and like five days of underwear is just screaming <laughs> at the Edinburgh platform. And I then had, like it's really and bear in mind like them camping bags are the height of me I'm only like five foot three so when I wear the big like rucksack it's pretty much the same size as me so I'm trying to like bend down and pick all my stuff up while people are like oh, yeah, mate. I was so red face I would have been about 18 19 years old so like peak embarrassed I think it was 18 actually like peak just everything embarrassed is gets on the train red face shoving everything in my bag and the train guard was like you can't get on the train you're too muddy and I was like everything in my bag is ruined oh. I was like, I don't have a single item of clothing. And he was like, you just can't, you can't go sit in the seat. Like, and I wasn't like caked in it. Of course I was like dirty, but I was by no means like living in a swamp. So I just had to go in the toilet. I found like a wet pair of shorts. I had to just completely abandon my wellies, just wear socks. And I was just sat for like the two hours back in Newcastle and just damp, wet clothes. Like, oh my God. Strange journey I've ever had. You've never seen anyone look so sad. <laughs> oh, bless you. God. Like, I mean, oh. Even your underwear's wet, and you're like, oh, I've got a wet bum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is horrendous. Why, also, why be such a job's worth? Why is, why is, why does it matter? When, if you're working on the trains in Edinburgh on that weekend, you know people are coming back from tea in the park. Like, of course exactly. you do. Like, have a carriage where you're like, that's the dirty people carriage. Get on there, you animals. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're having it in time, Mouth, we can we could still we could call it tea in the mouth. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Oh, but it's not my decision. That's what I'm thinking. I wouldn't What's put my name in it. I wouldn't do that. What would I do? I'd want to have something about the northeast in it. Something of the north. I don't know. Some kind of I don't want it to be a pun. That can piss off. No puns. Anyone even makes a pun and they're kicked out of my festival. But <laughs> what do I call it? I don't know. Well, we can come. You, I mean, as we talk about it, I suppose we can come back to that. Yeah, something will come to it. Some genius. Okay. Well, let's. Um, 
Well, let's what what days are you choosing? Oh, maybe that's what that festival's already called. Mouth of the Tyne. It is. I've just done that thing where I was like, "What a brilliant idea!" And I'm like, "That was <laughs> <that's> a... <laughs> that wasn't me. That was a marketing team." <laughs> um, I mean, you could call it like, what was the name again? Mouth of the Tyne is what that one was called. Just call it Mouth of the Tyne. 2.0 let's run through the lineup then I want to take over most of the time festival and make it bigger and better that's what I want to do okay yeah you can do that if they're listening so as I've stole your festival guys <laughs> but that's what women do we're sneaky <laughs> <laughs> You sneaky women. <laughs> so we going. We need days. Of the, we need days of the week so we can contact the local council. Are we yeah. going? Are we going Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Absolutely Wednesday not. <laughs> I still kind of get over this. Who want? Who wants to do anything on a Monday? No way. I vote Graham. Monday. But nah, I think it should be because I don't like these where you have to arrive on the Thursday night like uh, I remember at tea in the park it would be like priority or whatever you go on the Thursday night but there's never anything happening on the Thursday so you're kind of camping for an extra night just to guarantee you've got somewhere decent to camp but I think it should start on the Friday but nothing happens until like six in the evening so you, you nice. don't have to be like no need to turn up and you're like I've got to get my tent up in like four seconds so I can go see somebody <laughs> on the lily pad stage or whatever like <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole thing you said about um the thursday because I, I used to go to v festival because it was oh, like yeah. it, it was about half hour drive from from where i grew up and uh but to be fair they used to have really good lineups as well it used to be um what was the first one i went to was like morrissey and radiohead head, oh. headlining um but they had that whole thursday thing like you said and all it was, and you'd think like, especially when you're younger, you'd think, oh, this will be cool. It was just silent discos. That's all I remember. It would be silent yeah. disco, wouldn't it? It would be silent disco. And at in the Park, it was always the Lords of Lightning. Did they ever come to a festival near you? The guys no. who just take electricity. It would always be there. <laughs> but you'd be like 17 and be like, oh my God, let's go see the Lords of Lightning. And it was like, <laughs> yeah. two science geeks playing with bloody sparks. <laughs> science geeks. <laughs> So, so your Friday night headliner, we're going for Lords of Lightning on the lily pad stage. <laughs> Every day, a festival full of Lords of Lightning. That's what it is. <laughs> so, shall we we'll start with the Friday night headliner? Um, yeah. Who, who are we going with? And I hope there's a woman involved. My Friday night headliner would be the Prodigy. Sound night you need something that's gonna get everybody moving and like like I've seen people like Mumford and Sons and Ed Sheeran at festivals and they're great they're proper like festival sit chill with a cider but I think your first night you want to go mad don't you like you want to absolutely and I think I saw the prodigy actually in the park and this is how cool I am 
I was so drunk that when they finished, I cried because I wasn't ready to stop dancing. Oh, I've seen five foot three Geordie girl just being dragged back to her tent <laughs> while sobbing because she's not ready to stop dancing. But that was absolutely me. <laughs> That's incredible, though. I admire you for that. Exactly. A great time. Were they good when you saw them? I imagine they were so if you were good. crying. So, so good. I'd seen them at the arena in Newcastle before, but I was like miles back because um, I couldn't get standing tickets. So it was so good just to be like in in amongst it. I really loved it. And then I tried to get tickets for them at Brixton Academy, maybe like, oh, it was a couple of years ago and I couldn't get tickets. Now I'm kicking myself because that's the last time I would have ever got to see the Prodigy perform. But... Oh, yeah, rest, rest, rest in peace, Keith, as well. What, what a front man. What a front man. I think there's, like, as a front man, I think you get your, you've got Freddie Mercury, I think, is probably who everyone will point to, is it? But I think in terms of, like, just the energy and the, the first exactly. person you think of when you think of the prodigy is Keith Flint with his hair and all his yeah. piercings. Absolutely. There's, there was just, like, this sort of, like, electricity. I was thinking there was electricity going through the crowd. There's probably fucking loads of lightning. They were just... <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone remember um, when you first saw when you first saw Firestarter, like when you were a kid? And it was just yeah. like I just remember it being the creepiest, coolest, scariest, most bizarre thing I'd seen. Yeah. I remember, but it wasn't like because my mum loved him and my older brother and sister they're like ten years older and and, and they loved him as well. So it's kind of like it became very normalised. But I just I remember when I was about six or seven, whenever that was out. Like, seeing that and just blowing my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like noise, isn't it? That's what you first think when you're like, this is noise, this is. And then you're like, oh no, it's good noise. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) The thing with Keith Flint as well, it wasn't like the hair or the piercings that used to like freak me out as a kid. It was like the head movements. And I think it's in the Firestarter video where he just shakes his head every so often. And it's like, what is he doing? (laughs) (laughs) What is he doing and why do I enjoy it so much? I think the Prodigy, one of those groups that I found that really sort of um, crossed the divide between like rock music and dance music. I think yeah. we got that a bit with Pendulum as well, like a few years I... after them.
a really tie up between, I was like, I can't have both of them. I've got to have one or the other. I was going to have either Prodigy or Pendulum, but I thought Prodigy are like the OGs, aren't they? Got a... You've got, yeah, yeah. And it was really uh, good as well though, Knife Party, you know, when Rob Swire left Pendulum and yeah. set up the party, I really liked yeah. them. I went to see them at a nightclub in Newcastle um, and I did extras work at the same time, so kids television. So I think I left Knife Party at three in the morning and I was on set at seven in the morning pretending to be a school child. <laughs> <laughs> you blocked me on Facebook and now you're going to die. How old were you? 18, yeah. <laughs> so I'd like a 15 year old or something in the classroom just sat there like, I'm so drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, no, was going to make that point, Johnny. What, what do you, like, I was, with the music you're into is like a metalhead. I always thought that about the Prodigy and that was one of the first things that comes to mind that they do kind of transcend boundaries mm-hmm. like are you, are you a fan of metalheads fans yeah. <laughs> speaking about you broadly is like but you speaking know on, I mean. on behalf of the metalhead community what i always found like the prodigy i remember like being in rock clubs um when i was a teenager and growing up in like being a student and stuff i remember you'd get all the heavy stuff and then like someone would just drop in like firestar or breathe or like out of space or like with mm-hmm. pendulum they drop in like um I can't remember, propane nightmares and stuff like that. And it'd just be like, it just like you put the perfect sort of thing halfway through. Everyone's dancing to all the tunes anyway, and you can make it heavy. It's got that bass and stuff. Yeah. It really makes it like lend itself well to that sort of night. So I really like them. I like, I think I'm not as into them as like, I don't know their back catalogue as a whole, but like Breathe and, and Fire starting out of space and Smack My Bitch Up. Um, sorry, mum. Uh, would um, <laughs> like if any of them come on, they're on my like playlist and stuff. I'd like really enjoy loads of Pendulum on playlists as well. I think Pendulum, I could, I think because they didn't have that back, like not no backstory of like the prodigy, but because they sort of came out of nowhere at a time where I was sort of really into rock music, they sort of seem a lot more heavier than the prodigy do. But I don't know if that's particularly right. Lauren, you can have um, like we've ended up extending the festivals a bit, so you can definitely have. Well, if you if you want, um, Pendulum is a you know opening up as the, yeah. as the support for the prodigy. That would, imagine that that would be so good. It's like a back to back. That would be amazing. Are they still together, Pendulum? Didn't they go on a like hiatus? And then I'm sure they tweeted something a while ago that they were coming back or something. But I don't know if I just imagined that. I possibly did. I imagine a lot of things. <laughs> I was thinking like that would be such a good, have you ever, when you've been at festivals, you know, when like someone will be on and then they'll bring out like a guest. Have you ever seen any really good crossovers? Cause I've got one that sticks out. Go on. So we were watching Calvin Harris at Tea in the Park and he just brought out Will Smith. You gotta come to Scotland with me. That's, oh, that's and a they strong did, wait, guest. 
Yeah, and me and my mates were hammered. And like, I quite like DJs at festivals because I like, so I've seen like Avicii, uh, I've seen Swedish House Mafia, like who else I've seen, David Guetta, like all that kind of people. Um, but Calvin Harris, especially at Playing the Park, always puts on a good show because he's Scottish. We were having a great time. And then just this guy sort of walks out on the stage and I went, I looks like Will Smith. And my mate was like, it caught, why would Will Smith be in a field in Kinross? Like, no way. <laughs> and then they started playing Switch and he was like, Will Smith. And you just felt the crowd collectively be like, okay. Like, that's <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing there? Yeah. Bizarre. I, I've, I've definitely seen some because I'm, I'm thinking back to when it's happened and you know, like when stuff like that happens at festivals and you and your mates, you're just like, <gasps> like you just grab each other. Yeah. But the only one I can remember is, and it's not even, it's not even that good. It's just top of my head is, saw Miles Kane at Glastonbury mm-hmm. and Alex Turner came on. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's, that's not a surprise, but Miles Kane was playing the same day as Arctic Monkeys um, yeah. headline in 2013. Um, it was cool. Like they did a few Last Shadow Puppet songs, but. Nice. It's, it's 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 always exciting though, isn't it? Yeah, Liam Gallagher came out with the Killers last time I was at Latitude because Liam Gallagher really? does great surprise set, um, and then the Killers were headlining that night and they brought them out, but it was it felt like he didn't really want to be there, which was <laughs> the most Liam Gallagher thing ever. And I can't remember if he even joined in with anything, or was it just a bit like you know when your auntie turns up at a wedding for like five minutes and you're like she's made her appearance, off she goes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine he doesn't he doesn't seem to like any other music other than his own so I can't really imagine <laughs> Liam Gallagher and the Killers who were a bit sort of pop indie I can't yeah. imagine them really getting along no. the Beatles Oasis and the Beatles that's what he likes <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough that's we'll get him on as his guest they can be two of his headliners if the festival's starting at six are they are, are they on are they going to be on at like you know like Spanish festival time two or three in the morning or are they going to be on 11, like 10, 11. 11, but they're going to do like a long set. They're going to do till like one in the morning. And I'm a firm okay. believer that like when the music ends, it should be like your DJ should be after. That's what I think. So like I've gone to see, like I say, all them DJs at festivals, but I think how good would it be if they played at like two, three in the morning? Like that would be, and yeah. then that frees up your earlier time slots for other, other acts. And then we can all get drunk and be at our DJs. What, what DJ would you have after The Prodigy? Mm, you know what? Probably Calvin Harris. I really like yep. Calvin Harris. Um, nice. And he, he's good at a mix, isn't he? So I think people would be like, who's this prick? And they'd be like, oh, fair play. That's <laughs> very, very good. Got some bangers. <laughs> Wait, should we move on to Saturday then? Yeah. If we, now we've all recovered from Friday. If we, if there's ever any time to recover yeah. uh, from Pendulum followed by The Prodigy followed by Calvin Harris. Yeah. Um, what, are we, <laughs> what are we going for on Saturday? See, I think that every festival as well should have like a throwback band. So like yes. maybe someone who like, it, remember, I think it was one year I went to 
Tina Park and Stone Roses were playing and it was the year they did loads of festivals. They just had like a big resurgence, whatever. So I think on the Saturday would be when I'd have my like old school band and it would be the Spice Girls. Spice Girls. I went to see them at the Stadium of Light last year in Sunderland. I flew Great. back from Australia a week early so I could go and see the Spice Girls. <laughs> yes, I was amazing. being paid very nicely to be on tour in Australia and I got offered the contract and I would have missed the Spice Girls and I said can I cut this contract a week short and they were like why would anyone want to cut a page trip in Australia a week short? And I was like, I'm going to see the Spice Girls. And they were like, off you go, away you go. <laughs> and it was probably the best night of my life. I got the metro oh. there from like just down the road. So I got like the metro um, and it just slowly filled up with women uh, to the point where I did get a little bit scared because there was a lot of women, a lot of flesh on show and a lot of rosy. And I was like, this is how mutiny starts, isn't it? Like this is... <laughs> I was genuinely a little bit worried that if a man did get on the metro, that everybody would just collectively turn and be like, you're not one of us. <laughs> and he would be like, gone. But like, I've never been at any event, like music event, where it's been that gender skewed. I would say it was 95% women. Like, the only uh, men who were there were the Gudrun husbands who bought the tickets as like presents and like um, <laughs> gay best friends. Like, not again, not to make sweeping statements. But there was very straight men at that gig who were there willingly, like, absolutely. But that meant it had such a, like, I know the Spice Girls were all about girl power. But as well, I was a kid when the Spice Girls were out, so it was proper, like, nostalgic for me as well. I think I was four when Spice Girls got big. So to me, Spice Girls was, like, the music I associated with being, like, a little kid. Um, And there was just proper girl power in the city, like... Everybody, never has a toilet queue been more polite and like queues for the bar were so polite like everybody's telling each other they look beautiful and I was like yes we all do look beautiful don't we like that's great man and then we got the metro back um and everybody was singing on the metro back everyone was pissed everyone was singing Spice Girls songs and I was like this is amazing like you sold it to me that's and I have a big place in my heart for the Spice Girls from yeah. having two older two older sisters and I grew up in the 90s as well, so... Um, Anyone born in the 90s or who, like, grew up in the 90s, they just take you back. And, like, it was such a... But any time they played, like, a B-side, we were all like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you know we're not here for that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask... Oh, t- just two, two um, instinctive questions that come to mind is uh, favourite member and favourite song? Mm-hmm. I liked uh, Baby Spice, but I think that's because I was the youngest. Um, so I was like, I'm like Baby Spice. Um, and favourite song has got to be uh, Wannabe. Yeah. 
Exactly. I think they might have opened with that. They played it. There was one banger that they played really early doors, and I've always got mad respect for a band that opens on a banger because so many of them save them for like the encore or whatever. And I'm like, nah, come out, give us what we want. Like, but they were really good about the B sides because they placed them where people were probably running out of drinks and needed to go to the bar. And I think that shows respect for your fans. <laughs> they were like, I know they need to go to the bar at some point. I know they need to go for a piss at some point. So let's strategically maybe every 20 minutes place a shit song and that's the time when we can all go away and get a drink. Like, I have so much respect. Yeah. I love that. Like, was it, was it I all... didn't miss a single song that I wanted to hear because they had studs. Was it all five of the Spice Girls that were there? Uh, Posh wasn't there. We had mm. no Posh face. Uh, I thought she might have appeared by like a video link or something, but must have been busy. On Zoom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming in on House Party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, who remembers House Party? Victoria is in the house. <laughs> At your festival, we're having all five, though. I would want all five. I think all five. Or, yeah, advertise it is that it's the four of them. And then Victoria oh. comes out like an absolute badass, just being like, surprise bitches, I'm here. And then, oh. No, that's so, sick. I I love I'm I'm a I'm a big uh, Victoria Beckham fan though. Like I think she's yeah. I think she's, she's turned out really funny, cool. She's got a sense she's very of funny. Yeah, there, there's she's very like the more I see of her, especially on like on like David's Instagram, or whatever. Like you're like ah, oh, she's she's pretty self aware. She's pretty yeah, dry. That's what I like about her. But as well, I think like especially to me, the Saturday of the festival, especially if you're not like having many bands on through the day. You've got time to like get day drunk, so you're feeling probably like giddy. So then you want something like nineties or like a band from your childhood or whatever. You want that like throwback. That's my perfect Saturday for the Spice Girls. I think Spice Spice Girls are probably the first music act that I think I really liked. Um, I hope that doesn't <laughs> yeah. ruin any of my credentials as a spokesperson for metalheads. <laughs> um, but I remember I used to collect. Um, Tommy might remember these, but they used they release like little photographs of them and you could collect them. Like you collect football stickers, you would oh, collect yeah. like photographs yeah. of them, like six by four photographs. I remember collecting them at school. Yeah, and like sticking them to like the inside of your desk because we used to have those lift up desks that you keep all your books inside. Oh, yeah. Like we were off of the Victorian times. <laughs> and then like <laughs> stick all those inside it. Um, what, what who's, they, your, who, who's your favorite, Johnny? My favourite was Mel B when I was growing up. She's um, yeah, yeah. She's, she just seemed like the the really fun one, like the one that sort of didn't really care. And I'm trying to claw back some metal, the punk one. She seemed like the <laughs> punk one. I'm trying to claw back some credibility. She just seemed like the, the most fun, the one with the attitude, the one that sort of instilled the, not that I'm a girl, but had like all the girl power sort of came, emanated from her almost, I think. Yeah. But you know what did, I did, thought? The, the, sexiest thing at the Spice Girls was and it was the straight lads who were just loving it. I was like, yes, yeah. come on. Like, put, like, all your whatever, your airs and graces aside for a night and if you're, like, a straight lad who wants to sing at the Spice Girls, bloody go for it. Like, and that's, like, the sort of husbands who were sat there looking awkward. I was like, either enjoy it or just, like, just go with Fuck it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I loved watching the lads who were just proper getting into it. I was like, you are the ones that I want to hang out with. That's, I feel like that, so when, you, when you're when talking about the, um, 
the crowd that made that brought me back to which I've spoken about on this podcast and I will speak about a multitude of times. I don't care. Robbie Williams, that I, who mm-hmm. I saw at the Etihad in 2013 with my two um, elder sisters, who I just mentioned before, actually. And the crowd was pretty much, it was very similar. It was just, mm-hmm. I've never seen, as someone who's mainly gone to like Indian hip hop gigs and stuff over the years, yeah. I've never seen grown women and my sisters yeah. one of them is like a bbc like editor top tier like she was crying screaming like i've never seen them like yeah. that these like these old these older my older sisters who i really respect and everything i love them yeah they would just lose it they were just grabbing each other and then there was like hindus next to me and i was dancing with all these women yeah. in their 40s it, it was one that, and like you say it felt safe like the atmosphere was just so nice yeah um exactly. so yeah I, I love gigs like that I feel like the Spice Girls was the kind of concert where if I'd had like toilet paper stuck like hanging out my pants or something, someone would have told us within like half a second. They would have been on that shit. <laughs> if, like, if a little bit of my mascara had a smudge the slightest, someone would have been like, "Hold you on the baby wipe and some new mascara," and I would have been like, "Yes, Carol. Yes, I do. Thank you." <laughs> Carol and Mary. <laughs> we, like, we like Carol. We don't like Mary. I think that's what we've established so yes. far. Mary gets her tits out. Carol's the one who's like, mm, you can see them at home. That's Carol. <laughs> classy Carol. Yeah, uh, classy Carol. And the rose gets Chris though when she's feeling cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in terms of the Spice Girls, we have, obviously have the power to bring people back from a certain period of time. Would you want the Spice Girls as they are now with Victoria, obviously, as well, at their age? Yeah. Or would you want them 96, 98 times? Nah, I, see, this is what I was worried about when I went to see them. I was like, what if they're not as good? They can all sing. Like, Mel, is it Mel C? Uh, C. Mel C, C yeah. She's an amazing, obviously, she went into, like, musical theatre, didn't she? Like, they can all really, really sing. And... I think as well, like, it's quite sad about, like, women in music, that especially, like, sort of pop stars, you feel like they've got a shelf life when it's like, when you're only young and pretty for so long. It was so nice to see just five older women in what, in their 40s, still beautiful, still able to dance about, still able to, like, belt a note out. And I was like, I, why can't we have, like, look, if the Rolling Stones can still tour when they're, like, basically dead, why are, like, female <laughs> pop fans, like, yeah. And it was- Nice to see I, all the women up there just doing their thing. And I was like, aye, I don't want you when you're 20. I want you, you're just as badass now when you're in your 40s. Go on there. Yes. Yeah, go on, lass. For, for the record, before we move on, my favourite was uh, Jerry. Was it? Um, well, it was mainly because, uh, God, we, what was the video where, uh, swing it, shake it, move it, make yeah. it. Who do you think you are? I think that was it. Yeah. Um, that that video, I like. Yeah, she was. I, I, her and Rachel are friends. I think were my first crushes really? when I was a kid. No, oh, is it Backstreet Boys did that sort of Zoom thing over lockdown when they sang? Um, what was it they sang? You are my fire, the one desire. I want it that way. I want it that way. They sang that. And it was, is it Aaron or Nick? Which one? Their brother. Nick Nick Carter. And he's still beautiful now. And I watched that video and I felt like five years old again. I was like, that's like him and Ronan Keaton. I clearly like (laughs) the blue eyes. 
was like, oh, I feel like a kid again. My mom had Ronan Keaton's picture in our cupboard with the plates in. Sorry, would you want any of the Spice Girls to do any of their solo material? I'm thinking a bit of uh, Out of My Mind, get Dane Bowers on the stage to, with Victoria. Maybe they all get one solo. Um, oh, no, because that would make it quite a long set. No, no, I just want an hour and a half of, like, bangers, sort of finish. Like, not even, no baby size. I'll piss myself. Just, like, that's fine. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to go toilet. You'll do a Mary. Do yeah. a Mary, yeah. <laughs> um, right, that's amazing. I love that. Should we move on to Sunday Night Headliners? Okay, we've already mentioned them, but it would be Queen oh, doing... Yes. And I, would, I essentially just want them to do their band-aids there, like, three times. I think I would be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, um, oh, Live Aid, not Band Aid, sorry. So I've always yeah, liked yeah. Dad, like, banging the Queen. I've always liked Queen. And I know people, a lot of people didn't like Bohemian Rhapsody, the film, but that for me reminded me how fucking good Queen were. So I had like a resurgence of how much I like Queen. And then I got really into Freddie Mercury in general. Um, to the point where I had a well, I had him as my screensaver on my phone for ages, and my ex boyfriend got really annoyed because we'd been going out for two years and I didn't have him as my screensaver. <laughs> and he was like, You told me that, like, nobody, because I think before that, my screensaver had been like a picture of me and a comedian who I'd like been really excited to work with. He's like, You told me that nobody would ever replace that picture of you and that comedian. And I was like, Yeah, but it's Freddie Mercury, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> then, a yeah, a, a dead gay man. <laughs> yeah, the dream. Why is he jealous? <laughs> He's such a dream man, like, uh, there's a Freddie Mercury quote, which I like live my life by now, and I think he was having a fancy dress party, and he turned up dressed as himself, because, oh, you had to come dressed as your favourite person, and he came dressed as himself, and I just think yes. like, that is, why wouldn't you want to hang around with Freddie Mercury, like, that kind of energy I'm so here for, I think he's amazing, um, and then I went with my dad. And then when we got in, Dad did that classic Dad thing, being like, let's watch every documentary ever made about Queen and Freddie Mercury. Yes. But um, he showed us the Live Aid set, and I'd never actually seen it before. And I don't know how many times I've watched it since. But um, cause obviously, my dad would have been my age when it was Live Aid, which I find quite weird. Um, and I said, like, what was it like to watch it? And he was like, they just blew everybody out of the water. Because they came out, they did their 20 minutes, bang, 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 like, gave the crowd what they wanted and left and it was just like burning sort of embers behind them where they'd like absolutely ripped it and I was like that's 
what you want, isn't it? You know, you know what? I, I think they are similar. Like I was brought up on, on Queen. They're probably my mum's favourite band. And uh, I watched that live. I think when when Band or whatever it's called, what was it? Live 8, sorry. When in 2005, when that was on. And around that time, they re-released the live, well, they released for the first time the Live Aid DVD. So I got that box set when I was about 14, 15. Mm-hmm. And so that was when I first saw that, that Live Aid set and was just yeah. obsessed with it then. And still now, like, I, I feel like when we're drunk at part, well, I mean, not any, not at the moment with what's going on, but even like me and my housemates, when we're drunk at like 1am or something on a Friday night, yeah. we'll still always bring it out. It yeah. never gets old. I get like proper goosebumps watching it, and I've never really. Had I got it from you talking about it, like. <laughs> it? Oh, I love it! And my dad saw Queen live at St James's Park in Newcastle again, Very probably sad. when he was about my age in like the eighties. And he found these like ticket or something the other day, and I think it was twelve quid to see Queen. <laughs> and then I think he found something where they like they released like extra tickets, or final tickets, or whatever. But obviously the prices were a bit hiked, and they were a whopping like. 18 pounds or something I was like imagine seeing Queen for 12 quid like <laughs> oh my god my McDonald's mind? order at the drive-thru on Sunday was 11.50 <laughs> like that <laughs> I could have seen Queen in 1980 whatever for 50p more that is mad it's always weird hearing the bands that like your parents went to see my dad went to see Jimi Hendrix live in wow. um, Blackpool wow when he was like 16 or 17. And it's just like, imagine, like I, at that age, I went to see like POD and like loads of bad, <laughs> bad new metal bands. And it's like, he went to see Jimi Hendrix. I don't think they'll have quite the same legacy in like 40 or 50 yeah. years time. My older brother and sister, who I mentioned earlier, they, they grew up, they were the perfect age for Britpop. Like the, so they were, she would have been 16. He would have been about 18 when, you know, definitely maybe. And, part life and that came out so my whole childhood it was just oasis blur were just constantly on 24 7 pretty much manic street preachers pulp and everything so it was almost like seeing seeing oasis was like a family a family day out when yeah. i was younger so i'm very <laughs> lucky in that sense because i mean i'm not comparing them to queen or um, Jimi hendrix but in terms of kind of legendary bands the first band I got like I've seen Oasis about six times. I saw their last gig actually. Yeah. But that was just when I was 14, 15, like my mum, dad, me, my brother and sister, we used to just yeah, go on a nice day trip to the Etihad and watch Oasis. That's class. Well, um with Queen, do you say you that you can you remember when your dad first like introduced them to you as a whole? Is it just something that was always on in the car? In the car and in the house. So like I've got quite a weird taste in music where I like like Phil Collins because yeah. my dad would always have Phil Collins on so like my favourite Disney film is Tarzan not because of the film but because of the music Mike and the Mechanics Gen- my dad got tickets to see is it Genesis at the end of the year I think they were doing this big yeah. obviously and obviously all the lads in their 50s I thought when Buzz and Genesis were doing a tour and like when all the stuff started getting cancelled my dad was like well I hope Genesis still happens <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> Uh, yeah, when was that supposed to be? Was that this year? It's meant to be in December, so maybe. But I think, obviously, also they're all quite old themselves. So I think my dad's a bit like, well, if it doesn't go ahead, it might not get rescheduled sort of thing. But, yeah. Oh, I don't man, that's going for him. Stuff. Yeah. 
Alex like Studio. Is that Phil Collins or Genesis? It's one of them. They all blur into one, but I know I like them. I love it. What's your What's your favourite Queen song? Um, it's Radio Gaga. also probably in pop because of the way he does it live aid the way he just sort of like sashays across that stage and i'm like if drag race had been a thing back in the <laughs> 80s freddie mercury would have fucking cleaned up on that show wouldn't he <laughs> yeah. you know what it's I, I, when you a drag queen i'm just a queen and i would be like yes freddie yes you are <laughs> When you describe that bit, I know the exact bit like about him go, like he's when got, he's like, got the, like Sam. He's like holding the mic and he's like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Owns it. He kinda reminds me though, sort of Brandon Flowers of the Killers now. I think he's yeah, quite I, similar kind of like obviously no offense to Mr. Flowers, not in the same like league, but I feel like no. when you see the killers live, he's got that same kind of like front man energy about him. Yeah, I see yeah. that. Um and it's all it's also the whole uh you know the call and response thing he does as well they're like Neo. oh so good i couldn't be a front man i'm too timid i'd be like everyone have an okay day cool <laughs> <laughs> i i used to be a front i've been a front man in two bands and i've been uh-huh. a bass player been a front no sorry i've been a front man in three bands i've been a bass player in one and i'll, I'll tell you something i when I was when I was a bass player, I was trying to fucking steal the show. Like, <laughs> I, like I was, you know what? I remember the first gig I was doing. I was eighteen, and I was terrified. I was like, I don't want to do this. Don't want to do this. Didn't tell my mum and dad or anything. Mm-hmm. And then once I did it, it was like the best thing I ever did because I didn't think I could do it. But um, yeah, my hero, obviously, as you can see from that as well, yeah. when I, as a front as a, as a front man was Freddie Mercury. <laughs> I basically just tried to replicate him. <laughs> I think, like, in terms of 
Queen, I think you touched on Bohemian Rhapsody, the film, like watching that, I think it's the first time I properly heard Hammer to Fall. It's such a like I think True. after I'd after I've watched Bohemian Rhapsody, I think I just played it and played it and played it over and yeah. over and over again. Because it's such a good I think it's sort of different to it's not as operatic and theatrical and it's more classic rock style. But how much more your sort of thing, good. isn't it? It's more your sort of thing, isn't it? Like a classic rock song. Yeah, but I think like two of my other favourite songs are Who Wants uh, to Live Forever? Yeah. And yes. um Somebody to Love, which I think are much more ballady. And I oh, think his yeah. voice in both of those are just incredible. Like the, I think there's the whole thing that he could go like however many octaves higher than anybody yeah. else really could. I think those two songs just hammered just how good his voice was. Hope. Have you heard and we were talking. Go on, sorry. Barcelona with the I can't remember her name, but she's like an opera singer or whatever. Anything Barcelona with her, like yes. that's not my kind oh. of music at all. But when I hear, hear him sing that, I'm like, man, you can sing. Oh you? God, yeah. And um, we we were talking. Uh, I met a couple of mates at the park last night from a mate's 40th and we were talking about that one of them had watched the Queen, the Freddie benefit gig, you know, just after oh, he died. Yeah. And uh, George Michael does Somebody to Love on it. And it is uh-huh. like, oh, like if you've not seen that, watch that. And also uh, Elton, John, Elton, Elton John and Axl Rose do, do good <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody, which is bizarre. Like it's just Elton John at the piano yeah and then and then when you know it goes to the last bit of bohemian rhapsody that so you think you could and axel rose like it's a big fireworks axel rose it's a wembley stadium it comes out of nowhere like, so you think you That bit of your singing is definitely getting cut on. <laughs> your Axl Rose impression is is out of sorry. I was told that was a good impression yesterday, but anyway. Mm. <laughs> uh, um, also, would would there be anyone supporting or other stage for the Queen mm. that comes to mind? I, I like you can't really. I mean, you, you are, it's going to sell out, isn't it? Anyway, with Queen of alone, of course it is. I think I'd want a really like champion local talent as well. So I'd want to have, I think like Team the Park are always quite good at doing that. Um, so I think I'd have a stage that is like, not necessarily just people, yeah, people like maybe like, imagine a stage that throughout the day just had like Sam Fender, Maximo Park. Nothing happens in my town. I'll do graffiti if you sing to 
future head. Like, yes. what a stage that would be. I love Carol, Maximus. Carol Cole coming down, just bringing out Fight for This Love. <laughs> yes. yes, what a banger. Just your local pride stage, definitely. That would be clear. <laughs> uh, Tommy, do you want to talk us through Mouth of the Time 2? <laughs> um... <laughs> yes. So, uh, Lauren Pattinson's uh, Mouth of the Time, but bigger, is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> Mouth of the Time 2.0, but bigger. It is on the, some, it's at Time Mouth, somewhere in the Northeast Coast, but Benicassine sort of vibes, yeah. but on the Northeast Coast. Friday night, chilling till 6 p.m., nothing really happens, there's no sort of rush. Then we've got Pendulum, who I'm guessing will be on about 9 to 11, followed by The Prodigy, 11 till 1 a.m., and then a DJ set into the night and the early hours of Calvin Harris. Saturday, we all get day drunk, and it's, well, I'm guessing it's mainly women, like when you went to see them at the Stadium of Life. You know what would be nice Spice Girls, though? We show bridesmaids before Spice Girls. I feel fine. Are you sure it wasn't that gray kind of lamb, or you ate a lot of that weird chicken? Was it that? No, I'm, I, I feel fine. I think you'd just feel better if you threw up. I don't know, I don't have to throw up. I'm so sorry. Get away from me! You're not sick, no, no. In fact, Helen, I'm hungry and I wish I had a snack. Hungry? Starving. Just on a big yeah. screen. Yeah. And we can oh, wow. have a little gin and lemonade and wash fried made and then go off my fill. So is it is it oh. no straight men no straight men on Saturday? They're allowed to come and watch. But they can <laughs> as long as they enjoy it. it. Yeah, they've just got to enjoy it. We'll we'll, we'll, put, like, we'll put super bad on on like a smaller screen if they want to throw a <laughs> ticket over it. Like these are yeah, Anchorman or Super Bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Saturday, yeah, we've got uh, Bridesmaids followed by the Spice Girls. <laughs> well, whilst we're all day drunk, and Sunday is the epic, the incomparable queen yeah and it's the live aid set times three three uh and then on <laughs> so yeah it's a, a perfect hour pretty much isn't it like, maybe 70 minutes or something um and then we've got a local stage with some north east north east acts such as yeah. sam fender maximo park future heads and of course cheryl cole yeah uh lauren patterson what a festival what a festival and anyone that matches you with you on Bumble now just needs to repeat that back to you. And then there we go. That same person off Bumble sent me a message today and it was a joke, but it was my joke that I use on stage that I said to him weeks ago. And I was like, what do you think you're doing? He's like, what? I went, that's my joke. And he was like, oh my God, I'm mortified. I forgot. And I was like, you've just tried to flirt with me with my own joke. What are you doing? <laughs> 
Fuck this guy. This guy's a douchebag. He's not, he's not allowed at tie mouth. No, sorry. He's not allowed at mouth of the time too. But everybody else can. Big mouth. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> yes. Big mouth. We're changing well, the name of the TV festival. shows. I can't even claim that. For God's sake, man. That was episode nine of Your Fest with the wonderful Lauren Patterson and her special guest, her niece, um, which, was, which was a nice, nice little addition to uh, the format there, Tommy. Yeah, lovely. It's always nice to have, uh, have an extra guest. Um, and uh, yeah, it's nice to have a guest on who's massively enthusiastic about festivals, as Lauren was. Yeah, so I, I bet she's got it. Obviously, tea in the park isn't happening this year, but she's got Mouth of the Time 2 to look forward to instead, Electric Boogaloo uh, to look forward to instead there. So, uh, fingers crossed, that will be even better than, than tea in the park would have been. How many times have we had Queen now? Is that the sec- second, that's, third? That's the second time. Feels like a lot. Yeah, the first time we've had Spice Girls, though, and the first time we've had the film Bridesmaids uh, shown. Uh, so I don't know if they'll, <laughs> they'll repeat, but it's something something to look out for in the future. How much do I talk about the fact that I saw Robbie Williams in 2013? It's like, a lot. I talk about it a lot, but, but why wouldn't I? But if you enjoyed Lauren on the podcast, you can follow her on Twitter at Lauren Patterson. You can follow Your Fest on Twitter and Instagram at Your Fest Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, but definitely not on Instagram at Johnny Gabriel. And you can follow Tommy on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Andrews. Also, go and listen to Lauren's other podcast, Conversations Against Living Miserably, which is um, a co-production between Dave, the TV channel, and Calm, the amazing mental health and suicide prevention charity, which is a charity that both me and Tommy hold very close to our hearts. Um, so yeah. go and check that out. Go and support Calm as well. Um, they're an amazing charity. And we'll see you Big again for... Big up Calm. And we'll, go... we'll see you again for episode 10 of Your Fest. Goodbye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.